and welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and just have a little chat about some beer. Hello, I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Carl Noble. Hello. We are not brewing today. We're not brewing today. We're not. No, uh, because I took the time to go up north and visit an old friend of mine, award-winning home brewer, Mike Bates, all the way up in York. All uh, the way up in York? Yes, to join him on a brew of his award-winning Saison. Oh, yes, was it? it? was a very good time, and yeah. it was a good time to see him, and we drank some lovely beers. Awesome. Yes, before we cut to that uh, little interview... Uh, I thought I'd better do a quick little beer ye, beer ye, it's time for the beer news. Here he is. Yay. Uh, so in the last uh, few days, there's been the announcement that AB InBev, the massive drinks conglomerate that do all sorts of things like Such Stella, as. Stella, yeah. Bud. Boddington's. Boddington's. Bodding the Manchester Cream. Yes. Uh, Corona as well. Lo- loads, loads all over Lef. the world. Was that... Did, yeah, Lef. Yeah, Lef, yeah. Whole Garden, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have recently just opened their fully automated warehouse in Wales. It sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, they're using the justification that it's going to be a lower carbon emission. Okay. Uh, for their sort of crazy infrastructure in place. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's good reasoning for laying off a lot of people. Yes. Well, they, it's weird because they're not... This isn't an existing warehouse that they've converted into being automated. They so they're just creating built. a whole new warehouse. Yes. Wow. But then, obviously, there's going to be about two jobs. Yeah. There. On and off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're jobs, are they? They're more states. Uh, no. Well, uh, checking the robots. Check, che- yeah, check the robots. Checking the robots work. Fixing the robots. Fixing the robots. There's two jobs. Uh, that's it. Is that it? Yeah, okay. I think. So, yeah, the, it's it's a bit of a worrying move that's been seen in every industry, not just specifically beer. And yeah. you do tend to see it in the higher pay, or not, the higher money industries. Yes. Uh, that Where they can buy robots. Yes. Uh, luckily, it's probably not going to be anytime soon in the smaller breweries that you start seeing yeah. this move to an automated warehouse. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine it'll it'll take off because you've got to have a lot of space. Yeah, um, and a lot of smaller breweries don't have enough space, and they're not going to want robots walking about. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, would you like a beer? Uh, yeah, I would actually. Oh, okay, <laughs> good. Well, no, later. Okay, later. Anyway, that that was a bit of news. It was. It was good. Uh, it was good news because we were talking about this before. Obviously, we recorded, and I was like, uh, I don't know, but obviously, we've we've got into it a bit more now. You know, found out a bit more about yeah. it. Yeah. What what did what did your gut say? Uh, I, I wanted to be sick. Oh. I, 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 I don't know, like, like like full automation and stuff like that. Like, how long is it going to be before they just have like kind of you know fully automated brewing and it like literally. The brewery is going to be in the same place as the warehouse, and it's just a robot taking stuff from one place yeah. to another, and you just end up with Concast beer. I mean, that's we are heading towards that direction. I think, especially especially with the higher output, big big money stuff. Yeah. Because if there's efficiency savings to be made, well, they're like, going to yeah. make it. And, and and the thing is, is it, it will save them a lot of money. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, like you even see it on the smaller scale. So you know, like I browse Kickstarter quite often, looking at various things, and the amount of um, like kind of, I don't know, bench top 
brewing machines that are about mm. where you put in no effort. So I was looking at one recently, um, and you don't have to really do anything. You pick your like tell the the machine what recipe you're doing. You put the ingredients in, and you then don't have to touch anything until you're pouring the beer in under well seven days. Yeah, from brewing from pressing go drinking yeah in seven days and it was all done and all you do is you just literally pull out the the carton that has it in Mm. and then pop in your fridge and has a tap on it already well i mean there are it's a good idea there's a lot of people that don't have as much free time as we do uh us lazy or space as well or space like like, like that's Uh, a a big thing another positive would be it allows you to tinker with recipes with very little effort you can go like okay what happens if i just put a little bit more in that but i don't want to have to go through all the effort and cost of doing a big all grain batch well i mean that's it but i think a lot of these things they they come with um kind of pre-made recipe packs right oh so they're not they're not targeting it at people that are just trying to save time. No, I think it's it's, it, it's more kind of aimed at people who want homebrew beer because it's a bit cheaper, but don't want to do any of the work. <laughs> yes, and are willing to spend a few thousand pounds. On, yeah, all, all, all uh, of this, like, like, like I think they are definitely getting cheap. Obviously, as the technology is becoming yeah. more and more frequent than or used more and more frequently, then you know they, it does get cheaper. Mm. Um, and I think with something you probably can just make your own recipes up. It's just they have ones that are kind of already made so you don't have to worry too much about it yeah um, i mean it, it, it's a good concept um but yeah, yeah. i don't know it just, like for me it kind of takes some of the magic away yeah and and my biggest fear about that type of thing is that it makes it very easy to make beer without really knowing and learning about about what you're doing and why at yes. various stages, yeah. and well, because, to me, because you're not doing it. That, no, that's the no, thing. No. Like uh, to me, that's a very important part of homebrewing is yes. learning and yeah. improving and iterating, and uh, and to some people, that's not what they want no. from it. But no, no. Um, I, I don't think I'd ever go down that route. No, I mean, like one of the things that uh, puts me off ever going down that sort of route is the quantity. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do fifty liters well, at exactly. a time. Like, uh, the thing is, like, if you're going to go through, I mean. Although that those machines, it's not a lot of effort. You like you literally just pour a bag into it and press go, and that's mm. you done. Um, like you're getting like I don't know three liters. At best, oh, it's like, really? Why wow. would you do that? But then the amount of time. Uh, well, that's it. Like, three like, liters like, of beer. Yeah, I know. But if you're only going to get like eight pints out of it, mm. and I mean it takes a week, you're talking a pint a night. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Or then. seven pints in one night. <laughs> depends, it depends how you want to bring it. That's what up. we average out at. Yeah, it depends how you want to do it. But I mean, like, but it it, it stops because one, one of the things I really like doing is bottling it and giving it to people. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic and, and convenient And you're going to struggle to do that. Like, you know, you're not going to invite your mates around to tuck into your seven pints of beer. But you'd be like, no, 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 that's mine. No, we each get a third. <laughs> yeah, just do it that way. And then move on to Kansas Stella. Yeah, why not? Thanks, AB and Bev. Yeah. <laughs> So well, th- that's the future, uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So uh, today. On, on, on the next episode, uh, we're going to be replaced by Robot yep. Carl and Robot Mike. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I am normal Mike. You're yes. Not. I'm not. <laughs> but uh, before that, let's have a listen to my visit to award winning Mike Bates as he brews a recreation of his award winning Saison. 
Let's do that then. Woo! So hello, Mike. How's it going? Well, it's all right, you know. It's it's a lazy Sunday morning. We're yeah. cleaning and sterilizing ahead of, of a nice little brew day. Yeah. So uh, I know we mentioned it, but what are you brewing today? So today um going to brew a, a nice little Belgian Saison. Uh, it's a style I've always been a big fan of. Um, and it's one that you can be relatively flexible with. Um, but it's it's also one that's just nice and drinkable and kind of works year round. I know that it's got a reputation for that summer sort of thirst quencher thing, but I think it works pretty much on any day, really. Uh, and of course, uh, the, you are a competition winner making saisons. Oh, you know, um, drop that one in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but yeah, back in 2014? 2014 or so, yeah. So it had been a bit, I probably brewed, God, in January 2014. Um, I entered a, a saison, which I think was my second bash at the style, um, into a competition that Siren Craft were running with mm-hmm. with Omnipolo. It was the return leg of the um, competition that they'd run um, with Omnipolo originally, which resulted in Necken, which was their uh, white wine. Well, they turned some of it into a white wine barrel aged sort of yeah. hoppy wheat beer, but I think it was just a hop from Vice initially, and it was very nice. Mm. Um, so I, I threw that into there um, after just making a couple of changes after the first batch. Um, and, it, and it went really well because uh, I won, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ever the humble person, I guess. But yes. Um, and that meant that I get to I got to uh, take a trip over to, to uh, Gothenburg. Uh, In Sweden. Yes. That is yeah the place. <laughs> and hang out with... Um, the guys from a couple of the guys from Siren, uh, a couple of guys from well, all of the guys from Omnipolo at the time. Uh, I think they may have other staff now, but they were two people. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we went over to Douglas Brewery and, and designed designed a beer and brewed that there. Yeah, based on the saison, I presume that yeah, sort of. Um, this is the thing. So the saison I entered was was very straightforward. I um, it was about the time that the competition launched. I'd read um, an interview with with Ryan, uh, who is of course no longer with Siren, uh, but he was the head brewer at the time, and he had said that the the thing that would work best for him um, would be uh, just a really well brewed classic style, because um, it was about the time that everyone was it was kind of post Brewdog tail yeah. off, where everyone was like, "I'm doing a triple barrel aged, double wheat infused juniper berry and." km pepper blender vice and it's like i'd like someone just to send me a nice pilsner and just prove that they can make an, a straightforward beer well um so i i took that as a a subtle hint <laughs> as subtle as that is and um just brewed a really straightforward uh saison i i threw in a bit of mount hood a bit of artanum for a light dry hop but otherwise it was belgian yeast marisosa and a bit of wheat malt and yeah, um, fairly traditional yeah fairly traditional um i had a bit of a squabble because uh, i used that uh the white labs um belgian saison yeast um pro tip if you're going to go that way go with the french saison yeast it just it doesn't have any of the same problems it's not quite um got the same flavor profile but the belgian saison yeast um does have a habit of stalling out at you mid fermentation um, yeah. and the only way around that is bringing the temperature up and giving it a bit of an agitation um but if you've as is the thing now, thrown in your mid-fermentation dry hop, you're extending your dry hop at that point. You, it's not reliable enough for that style of uh, of dry hopping. So I mm. wouldn't do that at all if you were using that yeast. If you can temperature control your brew, 
which you can. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I, however, cannot. I'm plastic buckets in a in a cupboard. Um, hey, it's perfectly valid, and you get it works. fantastic <laughs> results sometimes. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Definitely. Sometimes. Um, it can be uh, unreliable, which is not what you need, frankly, especially if you're time poor. Uh, mm. You don't really want to be messing around uh, trying to get a beer just to finish doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, it sounds a, a bit like a hassle just uh, and, 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 and an extra logistical nightmare just to top everything off. Uh, not great, but hey, it, as you say, use the French one. Yeah. And, and it's fine. Yeah, so we're changing that up for today. Um, we're using the Danstar Belle Saison, which is actually a dry yeast. Um, yeah. They recommend pitching um, a couple of packs um, into oh, really? a batch. I'm not sure why it's still an 11 gram pack. Um, and usually when you're homebrewing, you're accidentally over pitching by a gargantuan amount anyway. Yeah. Um, a large part of that is so that it out dominates anything else that might come Any along. nasty beasties yeah. that you might have in you your want, you want it to have garage shed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I've changed to that and that is what we used for Gracchus um, and I think that was partly for that same reason that mm. Douglas who we cuckooed at for that brew um, had to keep production going through they didn't really have time to be messing with that necessarily no. um, and, and so also it was just Gracchus a was the the one that you brewed at on the that was yep. the the recipe that we came up with uh, yeah with Siren and Omnipolo yep. um, so we moved from my initial very plain, very straightforward saison to trying to create something a bit more because it was going to be a special release from both breweries. Um, we had to make it somewhat more special than this is a 5% saison. Um, yeah, I can see that. They 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 want to be giving off the impression that they are pushing boundaries and doing interesting yeah. things. And they were both breweries that were doing that quite a bit at the time. Uh, Omnipolo still, uh, yeah. Siren, in a yeah, more still. controlled manner. Uh, in some cases, but still definitely going out there. There's no book fast aged uh, <laughs> beers now, um, but they're still doing. Yes, yeah. That was a hanging bat special, I think. Was the book fast aged? Yeah, I can't remember wow. which beer it was that they they threw some they soaked oak in like book fast and then threw that into the cask. But at the time, Ryan was doing a lot of um, gin spiced cask um, for a few mm. of their beers. And we kind of took that as a starting point and thought, hey, what if we threw the same flavors into a Saison, kept it nice and dry? And it's an idea that a few breweries have, have done around and since then. I think mm. Brew by Numbers did one. Um, one by Thornbridge, I think. They, probably. They've done a, a gin <laughs> spiced sort of thing. I yeah. think it was just a pale ale. It wasn't um, anything saison -y. Yeah, didn't have the funky yeast. Um but yeah, so we took that idea and so we came up with a recipe that um, had uh, quite a lot of juniper added, uh, quite a lot of um, uh, lemon peel, a bit of cassia bark, um, some anise, not aniseed. Cinnamon? No, was it? the yeah. cardamom. Cardamom's yeah. the pod. Um, that's the puppy. <laughs> so we're going to add cardamom and uh, juniper and lemon and we wanted to really dry it out. So it was a long mash um, in that sort of mid-65 area. Mm. And then we um, added at Flame Out a load of wildflower honey that we'd sourced from a local beekeeping community, which is very nice. nice Kept yeah. it Swedish um, while still being that kind of transatlantic-y uh, trade thing of the, the spice road and everything. So it was a nice mm. mix of everything. 
Um, and then at the same time in Flame Out, we wanted to keep the bitterness basically to nothing because the spices would add some of that. Uh, so we threw in a load of Mittelfrew and Spalter Select um, to add that woodsy kind of, to really push that uh, Cassia Bark woodsiness, uh, but also to keep it quite noble hop, quite refined, quite uh, neutral on the palate. Mm. Um, so the idea was to create something along those lines. Yeah, sounds lovely. Yeah, sounds and it lovely. came out pretty good, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, not a lot of it made it into the country. No, it, it, it didn't seem super available. Uh, I, I was very fortunate in order to uh, to go to the beer launch. Yeah. Um, I ended up um, going on a bit of a crawl with some friends and uh, turning up just about too late to actually try any of your beer, unfortunately. Yeah, and it, it had been a painful night, the poor bar stuff, because it was a, a key keg and it had obviously come more or less straight off the boat. Um, it was just fobbing like crazy. Mm. It was it was an absolute nightmare for them, poor people. Like they had to just the flow rate was basically nothing. It was taking an hour to pour a pint. <laughs> it was it was. I mean that's exaggeration, but it was it was not a nice night to be on the bar. And it was the Covent Garden branch of um, uh, Craft Beer Co. Yeah. So it's a yeah. small um, space, and there's all these people crammed in there. It was a very yeah very sweaty night. night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but there were there were some uh, other. Well, local to me, celebrities there. You're saying Andy <laughs> Some from of the Elusive was there. Bruminati or whatever you want to call yeah, them. You yeah. know, um, yeah, Andy, um, who is now obviously of uh, an alumnus of this this very podcast. Mm. He's um, been a previous guest. Andy from Elusive had recently won the other competition that I'd um, entered the same year, um, which was the Craft Beer Co's own homebrew competition. And he'd stormed through that one to, mm. to take victory. Um he also entered this one. He went a little bit more off piece and brewed, I think it was a lemongrass and beetroot saison. So he's in the same style, but mm. he was a bit braver with his ingredients. Yes, beetroot is unusual. Yeah, and I didn't actually get to try his or see it. I was wondering if it would go purple. Um, maybe. Mm. But I can imagine that earthy beetroot flavor could work well in that wider scope of farmhouse rustic beer. I, I can see where the idea mm. came from. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting to know from anyone who did try that if that yeah. was exactly how it worked well next time I see him I'll have to ask if he's got any plans <laughs> to remake it and, yeah because uh, he got he you know came runner up it must have been good uh, he doesn't make bad beer you know? no, 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 he definitely knows what he's doing and always always seems to have done so um, so yeah that was that was interesting um, so that was nice to, to have people like that there and say mm. hi you know yeah, nice little trip down to London and uh, try some delicious, well, even though I missed it, uh, some other delicious beers. A lot of Siren Craft was on, predictably. Yeah, absolutely. A few. Mm. There was even, uh, there was a cask of Calypso, which was not a style you generally expect to see. No. Um, I think, yeah, the, the a pub local to me and Cal had uh, a cask of Calypso very yeah. early on. And that, that was unusual because... Even sour beers were an unusual style at that point. And yeah. so to have a cask sour was just Yeah, to risk of. The, the lower carbonation level on a style that really benefits from it. Mm. It was, um, Calypso is one of those beers I've always loved. Uh, that dry hot sour thing works really well for me. Mm. Um, and and I'm, I'm glad that that's kind of stuck with them as a, a thing that they've played around with. Um, but yeah, so they, they were very... 
there was a lot of specials on and that's something but the distribution for Gracchus one of the reasons he probably struggled was was difficult and I think that was partly why that was that competition was happening was uh, away from Nipolo to start doing more of that British trade frankly it was yeah um, get their toe in the door and because they'd made it here and there um, I'd seen them in some of Pivo Vars pubs um, at the time mm. uh, but they were never competitively priced shall we say it was always a very special yeah um, definitely import definitely prices. import definitely keg uh, or bottle and you'd have to because their labels are so enigmatic they've got a very uh captivating art style on the labels carl does all their label designs and they're they're absolutely beautiful but in a bottle fridge you can just see a pair of eyes looking back at you unless you know that's going to be like a hypnopompa or something like that you, you don't know what's going no. on and so to throw you know 11 12 pounds at it is, is yeah an ask. which is, is yeah sometimes their bottle prices can can push yeah, that very high. and it's they it's great to see them um doing better and better obviously since yellow belly they've absolutely exploded uh yeah, in the uk yeah. they seem to have sorted that distribution angle out so if they ever did anything like this again you might get to try it yes. <laughs> you'd enter again would you Probably. I mean, what's what's to stop me? <laughs> I'd feel um, it'd be a bit weird if I entered and won. That'd be a bit naughty of me. I'd feel yes. guilty then. Be like, <laughs> oh, someone else yeah. should. Someone else should have a turn. <laughs> yeah, let Andy have a go. Oh no! Well, it'd be a bit rude of him to enter as well. Now he's got his own brewery. Yeah, he can make any beer true. he wants now. Yeah, true. <laughs> and and does and, and they're lovely. Hmm. So it is a saison that you're making. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the style? Um, yeah. So saison's one of those styles that doesn't sit in a lot of breweries' core ranges, but every now and then one will whip one out as a as a special or as a seasonal. Um, and it's historically one of these uh, sort of spring summer Belgian pails, and it's traditionally used for the idea was you serve it to your seasonal farm workers saison season um, yeah. just to keep them thirst quenched rewarded happy to work for you while they're working in your fields obviously no one has a team of french laborers in their fields these days so the <laughs> purpose of the people. bit yeah um maybe some french farmers do but now the purpose of the beer is kind of gone um yeah. and it's generally uh it's less sweet than like your belgian pails uh, which you add a, your candy sugar to just to bring the so the abv can be a bit higher on those and mm. um Again, the yeast is slightly different in character. You're you're aiming for something a lot drier uh, here, and that's kind of that thirst quenching angle, um, and that's why we went the direction we did with Gracchus and trying to make something very dry and ginny. Uh, it naturally lends itself in that direction, and saison Celta sits in that mid ground between a Belgian blonde uh, or like that sort of blonde table beer and uh, a beer de garde. Bearded guards are generally a bit stronger. They're sort of in the six to eight percent brackets ish. If you see like a bottle mm. of Toimont, uh, try that. It's fantastic. Um, but it's maltier, basically. Yeah, a bearded guard generally you'll find is a, a more copper color uh, and just a bit more malt expressive. Uh, you don't really get a lot of hop character in your traditional saison. Um, it's all about your yeast at the end of the day. Yeah, so yeah. picking your strain and you know, either sampling brews, you know what strain they used, or just asking your friendly head brewer what they um, what they've <laughs> used because they'll tell you most of the time. Yeah, it's not a secret, is it? It's, no, they all come from like cultures in a lab. At the end of the day, it's, mm. you're not going to find someone who's got a secret sauce. Um, 
but yeah, you, you're very much looking at your yeast strain for your saison, and it's about getting the right balance of sort of spicy peppery notes, a bit of clove. Um, you're not getting a big banana hit like with a, a Belgian wheat beer, um, no. but you do usually find a bit of wheat in your in your saison as well. It helps with yeah. that lacing. You like a big fluffy head. You like a lacing down your glass. It's it's a Belgian style at the end of the day. So you're looking high carbonation. You're looking something that's got a bit of that, um, almost a bit of tang in the finish, uh, either from like carbonic bite or or some um, lemony sort of woodsy hops. So German noble varieties work very well. Obviously, traditionally, it had been like a, a Belgian variety. Um, mm. But yeah, so we're using um, German hops predominantly today. Uh, we're using Mandarina Bavaria, uh, which is kind of orangey, woody, uh, relatively recent to market variety. It's been around a few years, but it's it's not like your traditional uh, noble hop. It's not like a SARS at the end of no. the day. Uh, we're also using the whole melon, which again is a, a newer German variety and has that, as the name suggests, uh, lovely melon aromatic going on. It's quite sweet. Um, so that's going to stay relatively low down in the billing um and these, these are dry hopped or flame these out? are yes so the only flame out addition we're going to use halatel blanc and that will give us pretty much all of our bitterness um i haven't actually drafted any bittering hops in i realized at the last minute uh, but i'm not inclined to change that um because I, I want a lot of a lot more hop aroma than you get traditionally uh, i'm not going for like a full new england style juice monster no no sort no. of ipa it's dry hopped saison or something like that no it's, yeah i mean it's keeping it lightly hop uh, hop forward yeah so it, it is it is dry hopped but just a touch a touch yeah exactly and you do get your dry hopped saisons um dupont do a dry hopped version uh, that is released intermittently mm. and it's nice it's not um heavily dry hopped it's not earth shatteringly uh, different from the standard uh dupont because it is just an extra element to it. At the end of the day, you want this to be about yeast character, a rustic, uh, refreshing pale ale. Mm. And you mentioned wheat in the in the yeah. malt as well. What else you got there? It's literally just pills in the malt and wheat. I tradition. I generally use marisotta for everything. Um, it's lovely. It so is. It's your favourite. Yeah. Uh, um, but one of the things that we changed going from my recipe to Gracchus was we changed from marisotta to pills in the malt. And I appreciated the change that that brought about. Gracchus was very crisp, very... Um, if if Marisotta is kind of like your digestive biscuit, this was a rich tea. Yeah. You know, Pilsner Malt, it just comes out a bit less caramelized, a little less sweet, a little paler tasting. I don't know another way to describe that. That's a lovely way of uh, using that, the biscuit metaphor. Yes. I'm definitely stealing that. <laughs> Yeah, um, so it's 90% pills in a malt, 10% wheat, just for some extra uh, oomph, a little bit of interest, a bit of head retention. It's not a complex uh, grain bill. You can happily throw other things in. I've thrown caramel in at like 5% before. It's been fine. Um, mm. It depends if you're wanting that extra sweetness. I'm not a big fan of sweeter saison generally i've found that i don't get on with that as well and the same with high abv saison you get these nine percent imperial saisons then the alcohol adds too much body it yeah. fights against the style so we're aiming five seven i think 
Yes, five seven. Yeah. Um, so reasonable thirst quenching still, but yeah, creeping up into that higher flavor. It's a three thirty ml bottle job. It's not a pint job. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you sat down for the night. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the actual recipe, it's mostly um, the hops are going in as dry hops. Uh, I might steal a little bit of that New England flavor and um, go for a mid fermentation dry Ooh, hop. I know. Double dry hopping. Nice. So that's cheating a little bit. It's not strictly to style, but we're all here to break yeah. the rules. Uh, and I think that's mostly going to be the Halato Blanc because I want that um white winey grapey flavor mm. uh to come through but i'm using that instead of something like nelson because i don't want it to avalanche i don't want it to crush out the the hot yeah uh, the yeast character and you then, say the yeast character is so important to the style it's, it's all of the style at the end yeah. of the day and saison's nice because it's one of the styles you can take liberties with and kind of wink nudge claim it's <laughs> part of the historic style because farmers will not have had a style guideline between them that had just brewed whatever beer was on their farm yeah. and uh, whatever Browns, wild so. yeast was around. Exactly. And... So spiced and herb uh, infused saisons did and do happen. Um, and I guess if you were a hop farm, you could throw more hops in. So mm. I'm taking some liberties here. No, it sounds it sounds perfectly acceptable with the, yeah. <laughs> the historical style. It's not like not going to get haunted or... by the ghost of a Belgian farmer mm. whose style I have ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially not. No. Yeah. And for the mash, we're going pretty straightforward. I'm an unfussy masher, unless I'm doing <laughs> something weird like, um, you know, I've, I've done a decoction mash when I've made like wilds and sours at home. And obviously with a Berliner, there's that whole uh, kettle sour, not kettle sour, it's just a sour mash. I prefer mm. a sour mash approach um, and a, a no-boil Berliner, but I... I'm not going to do anything like elaborate here. It's a single infusion, batch sparge job, going 65 degrees, aiming for an hour. I want something fermentable at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah. So sitting right between that alpha and base ramelase uh, temperature range is, is perfect because it means all my lovely starch is going to get chopped up into lovely yeastable bites. Nice. And I can snack it all up and turn it into a nice dry, thirst-quenching beer. Yeah. And as you say, keep it simple. Let the yeast shine. That's the yep. key to a good saison. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. <laughs> and you should know, award winner, Mike oh, Bates. Once upon a time. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much for inviting me along and uh, yeah, chatting thanks for about coming. your beer. And bringing some of your beer. I'll yes. bring that later. <laughs> beer is lovely. So here I am back in Reading now with Hi. Cal. Hi. Hello. Uh, it was a wonderful time. Thank you very much, Mike, for being on the show. Uh, but I think now... It's more important that me and you, Cal, drink some saisons. I think it is a good idea because yeah. I've been looking forward to this. Yay. So, uh, I mean, we we uh, got ourselves set up just yep. before we hit record there. So we actually have one right in front of oh, us. What is it? We can get rid of the harmonica sting for just yeah. this one little bit. I mean, you say get rid of. I mean, we could just get a harmonica and do a bit anyway. <laughs> it's true. Uh, this is by American Brewery, mm-hmm. Crooked Stave. Right. Uh, it is called the Unpronounceable... V A V V A. I don't know. Uh, it's a French thing. That was uh, amazing. Yes, like uh, you should. You should start pronouncing all of the things in that like, way. I, it was... I think it's just V E. Right. Okay. But it's spelled V I E I L L E. Right. Yes. Because uh, it's that sort of French area of Belgian. Yeah. That's not France. Yes. Uh, anyway, yes, it's the French a, area of Belgium that isn't France. Yes, right. a lovely region. Four point two percent. Okay, it's a saison that has been aged in oak barrels. 
it's real. Like, the color's awesome. It's like 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 a str- like a pale straw color, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, almost wheat beerish. Yeah. Uh, well, it's sort of pale, pale, pale wheat beer. It was lively when you opened it, though, wasn't it? Oh yes, yeah. Uh, luckily, as you may have heard from last episode, the Rauch beer episode, Cal's kitchen got absolutely covered in yeah. hot, smoky wort. And uh, it which is, it, it doesn't smell at anymore. all. It's, uh, it's fine. It's like it never happened. It's like it never stank. <laughs> yeah. But then, obviously, this bottle exploded a little bit. So yeah, uh, but I mean, that was like a, a drop in the ocean compared to what happened last yeah. time. Right. What are you, what are you smelling? This bad boy. This this crispy. It crispy is golden. Re- it is real boy. crisp. Yeah. Uh, it smells like it's going to be like tart. Hmm. Yeah. That's like it, but it's got like a, I don't know, like a citrusy fruit tartness mm. to it. Getting like, a getting a big Brett sort of nose on mm. it. They they say that they did specifically add Brett as well, or it's been Bretted. It smells uh, refreshing. Mm. That's what it smells. Like. It smells amazing. Right, you're gonna go in for the first I sip. Am. Oh, it's it's so golden. Uh, but the carbonation that caused a big explosion in the kitchen has actually gone down very quickly. It's because it's it? all so, on the kitchen floor. Yeah. So, <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking? That's real good. Like, you, like you, you definitely get the bread in it. Mm. You definitely get the bread, but 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 it is. It's crisp. It's clean. Mm, quite a like, soft bread as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. The flavors don't hang around very long, though. No, uh, it is. It is like you know, like it's in your mouth. You're aware that it's there, but once you <laughs> swallow it, it kind of dissipates quite quickly. I, I imagine that's a consequence of it being more fermented out than you would get from an English ale. So, but having Brett and uh, a, a just a more varied culture in there means that there's going to be less sugar going around, mm. which nice means and, less lingering. It's finish. Nice and dry as well. Yeah, that's really good. What was the percentage on that? 4.2. Oh, that is so drinkable. Yeah. There is that little bit of sourness that c- creeps yeah. in. It's not like a sour beer. It's just, no, a, just an edge. Like, the, 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 there's just a bit which causes a small amount of pain in the side of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it, yes. It's it's like it's past the point of refreshing, yeah. but not sour. It's, yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's in that little... That's really good. Yeah. Like, I like that. And it's a shame it's not a bit more carbonated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, lovely. Right. Can I, can I have a look at the bottle? Okay. I haven't had a look at the bottle yet. You did. You did comment on the shape. Actually, you said it looked quite fun, didn't you? Yeah. Just uh, the obviously American standard. Yeah. Bottle is is very slightly different I like, I like to the, the UK artwork. one. Yeah. I like the tractor. It's got a tractor on it. Oh, you know it's rustic. You know it's rustic when it's got a tractor on. It's yeah. called. It's by the brewery Crooked Stave. It's going to be. Yes. Rustic, isn't it? Yeah, presumably focusing on barrel aging. Aged in a oak. stave being yeah. a part of a barrel. Aged in oak barrels. I'm not getting a lot of oak, though. No, I, I see what you mean. Like, like, it, like, like considering it was aged in oak barrels, I'd be, I'd be expecting a bit more, mm. you know, oh, that's barrel aged. But normally you pick a style and, and flavours that sort of work hand in hand with an oakiness, whereas yeah. I don't think this t- sort of, this level of lemony, refreshing zinginess complements oaky heaviness no, no i mean uh, it, it, it wouldn't do like that's not the sort of flavors you expect to go together mm. lemon and oak so it, it might have dulled down the zinginess uh, but possibly. not have enough to shine through by itself yeah if that makes sense affected the beer but not given it flavor uh, no, yes uh, yeah an oaky oaky goodness mm. no that's really good i'm impressed yeah all right should we get another one 
All right, what have we got now, Cal? Ah, we have got Echo by Time and Tide Brewing. Mm. So it's a dry hopped saison. Uh, four, uh, sorry, five point nine percent. Yeah, it's a little bit up from so the it's last. Oh, it's one. on the porky end. Yeah. Ah, what sauce is here? Echo, Breton saison, dry hop with Vic Secret, Wyoming Equinox. Equinox. So we're expecting Equinox, not Equinot. Oh, interesting. Or is it? Well, Equa is. Yes. <laughs> So we're expecting a lot more of a fruitier, hoppy finish. Uh, with yes, this. yeah, I'd say so. With uh, Vic Secret and Wymarin, um, yeah, you're having a sniff. Mm. It's, it's a lot darker in colour, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I presume part of that's to do with the increase in ABV. I guess so. Yeah, so uh, it's just quite a heavy bottle. Yes, I was like, he's left half of it in there. But he hasn't, <laughs> no, he hasn't it's just a, it in there. it's a sturdy glass that'd be good for putting something else in. Yeah, like the uh, the. One Saison. by Cricket Steven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it smelling? It's got very similar aromas there, and also other stuff. It's much like, stronger. It's, it's, I think that's got a lot more on the nose, mm, a lot more going on. You, yeah, you've got all that breaded, uh, slight hint of a sour beer sort of smell, but then there's also lots of extra fruit, um, mm. especially a sort of uh, stone fruity yes, sort of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah stuff going on there oh, it smells mm. amazing i'm really looking forward to this i'm gonna let you go in first okay though. it did carb up quite a lot pouring it as well did but, it uh, did, did, did again, it go did it go the same as the other one similarly though? yeah a big big carb monster and yeah. then just disappeared within yeah it's 30 weird seconds. isn't it like, like like i mean you know it's possibly not the, the right glass for it but there's zero head retention there oh there's a lot more sweetness there though yeah, i'm going in yeah oh much much stronger brett character as well Lots of wild yeast, lots of uh, oh, sweet, wow. rounder flavours, and then that fruit just helps along. Like, there's so much less lemon. It's um, yeah, because like, <laughs> like you decided to to come up with all of your best uh, information about the last beer once we'd stopped recording. So I don't know yes. if you want to go through any of that <laughs> just before we really dive into this one. No, no, no. <laughs> all right. Uh, but I mean, you did say something about it's like biting into an apple that hasn't yes. been inside it. So the well, the, the I co- just thought people need to hear that. It's no, it's a good. <laughs> I thought it was a good review. Yeah, uh, where the the previous one it seemed to emphasise just the bitterness and the that slight sharpness, and it was like biting into a crisp apple and finding instead of apple flesh a lemon uh, just lodged inside them. Yeah. Whereas this one, no, Real none of that. Sweet at the front. Sweet, like, but complex. There's yeah. bread. There's ooh. Like, like like that when you're like the, the the first the first time it hits your mouth you're like oh god look at that that is sweet as out mm, but easy peasy mm, oh that, well. that that like at that percentage it's mm. danger juice like, it's so drinkable but it, it lingers as well more than but for how bitter and uh, hint of sharpness the previous one was mm. this one lingers for much longer and that, that like like the stone fruit flavour in that mm. oh it's that is. That's top banana, that is. Top, <laughs> top banana. banana. Top, uh, very little banana. In. Very little banana, but if there was, this it, would be the top it'd one. It would be the top this, one. This, 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 like, if you saw a big pile of bananas, mm. you'd be like, oh, there he is, right in the top there. No honey in it either, but no. I would describe it as the bee's knees. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if bee's knees taste like honey. If anybody knows if bee's knees taste <laughs> like honey, can you let us know? Mm. And then also let us know how you know. Probably more like pollen. Yeah, probably. Lovely. But no, like this, this doesn't taste of no, pollen either. This this is a great a great beer. This is very well done. Like that five point nine percent. I can't get over that. <laughs> but like that Brett is there, and it's there mm. in a much stronger 
like a much stronger presence. Mm. We've also got the advantage of I I know that this is very fresh as well. This is sort of two two months old at the most, and uh, so with dry hopping flavors that can drop out pretty quick. Mm. And and this is such a busy beer that if it was tried twelve months from now, it would probably be a bit more one dimensional. But yeah. Uh, We've got it at just the right time. Yes. Yeah, you, you did. You did well there. That that is absolutely cracking. Like really, Yum. really good. I'm impressed. All right. Should, should we should we move on? Yeah, let's get something else. Oh, it's gonna have to be a good one though. We'll see. Well then, Mike, what we got here? Right. Finally, we have by Burning Sky Saison à la Provision. Ooh. Yeah, it's another strong one. Yeah, six point five percent. They've described that more as a tavern strength. Tavern saison. strength. Yeah, it, it being that uh, the the standard saison, like the first one we had, yeah, would be given to the farm workers. Yeah. Uh, whereas a tavern strength stuff was given to the local taverns for money just to sell. Yes. Well. Wow. So this is one of them, and uh, they also mentioned that not only is it breaded, they've also added lactobacillus. Interesting. So it will have a slight sharp edge. And yes. similar to the first one, it's also aged in oak. Well, I wonder if this one's going to be like biting a lemony apple. Well. Let's find out. It is only... much darker in colour as well. Mmm. How's it smell? Yes. Fruity. I, I, I think Big I fruit. can smell it from here. Yeah, there's a lot of fruit going I'm on in there. I'm holding it away from my face now. There's a lot. There is a lot, a lot, a lot. Oh, just, wow. just sniffing that. Yeah. So go on, have a, have a right. go. Have a glug. Or a sip. Whatever you think's appropriate. Yeah, that's definitely sour. Sour. Mm, sour. Mm. Uh, oh, that's, that's really good. So that, that like, again, that lemon is there. It, it hasn't got that sweetness. It hasn't got the, the storm fruit flavor. It's, it, no. it's just going for the for the citrus end of things. Oh. And yeah, you get, like, you get the bread. But you are getting the sourness from the lacto. Yeah, I, I'm definitely picking up more lacto mm. in in that. Uh, the 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 strength is obviously cutting back on what would be the sort of overtly tart flavors. Yeah, on that. But I'm getting a real lingering fruitiness, almost like a like a gummy bear type. Yeah, um, weird, isn't it? Sort of sugariness that's uh, fruity sugariness that lingers. Uh, whereas the beer itself didn't have that big chunky sweetness at the start. That's no. Uh, that's it's, it, like, I think once once that sourness clears from your mouth and like you're just left with that that aftertaste and you're getting the you're getting the alcohol sweetness mm. and that's that's really nice. Yeah, the sour doesn't linger. Doesn't leave no, you no. doesn't leave you puckering for eight hours like some no, um, no. <laughs> kettle sours can do. I, it always just reminds me of um is it a Tom and Jerry cartoon where I think Jerry pours alum into uh and it's using a lot of like cartoons okay i watch a lot of cartoons yes um but yeah like you use the use alum and apparently it's just it's really sour and it just reminds me of like the cartoons when i was a kid and they used to just like the faces used to just scrunch up when <laughs> resemble the butthole yes <laughs> it's like, yeah there's definitely some beers i've had that is just like oh god that is so sour yes and stays with you yeah you're in, there in for a while sour. trying to iron out your face mm. whereas this, this one the, the aftertaste is lovely just mm. really long lingering yeah that's, fruity lovely <clears throat> that's really good i'd in my opinion, I think I just about prefer the Time and Tide one. Uh, be, just the aftertastes of both of them are very good, but mm. I just prefer that initial flavour. Yeah, the initial the, sweetness. Mm. 
But then I, I'm not a huge fan You're not of a sour the massive fan, sour flavours. I don't but mind a hint. How, how, how is that? Is it like, I mean, because I don't find that overly sour. Like, like that's definitely got it's got a sourness to it, but because it doesn't last, and it, mm. it's not a really powerful sour anyway. It's no, I, I it's not it's that no. I find sourness unpleasant. Yeah. It's that I don't. I'm not keen on it. Right. Okay. It's not like you know. Oh, get me some more. Yeah. Of that in my shove face that. In my, yeah. It's, it's like okay. Yeah. Sour. Yeah, yeah. Fine. No, I, I, I can see that. Like the the uh, time and tide one, like the the sweetness to it, I think really helps. But like that with the lactobacillus, it works really well. And mm. I think that it really helps balance out the alcohol. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think yeah. if they hadn't had that sourness, if they just went, you know, straight stays on, then yeah. yeah, I think the alcohol content might have just been a bit. A bit overpowering. Mm, yeah, I can Whereas see that at six point five. Yeah, like yeah. that balances it out really well. Mm. So yeah, I think. I mean, all of them are cracking beers. Oh yeah, I would drink like, any uh, of them. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Mm. I've enjoyed every single one of them. I mean, we're we're in October now. We've had the the crazy summer. Yeah. Any of these over the last four or five months would have yeah. been would have been brilliant. Uh, yeah. Even today. Yeah, which it has been warm today, so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm 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 enjoying all of these, and I'm going to finish them all. Yes, with great joy. Right, well, uh, we've drunk a lot of beers. Yeah, uh, I, I think we're going to reveal next episode in two weeks' time. Yeah, is going to be a wheat beer. Yeah, so I'm going to take a crack at a, a wheat beer. So um, it's kind of a rehashing of an old recipe that I've done, um, mm. but we'll go into more detail in two weeks so if you if you know if you're you're brewing a wheat beer or you're thinking about brewing a wheat beer make sure you get tuned into that one because there's going to be a lot of good information i think yeah and until then you can always get in contact with us on instagram facebook twitter all of that all that social media yeah and if you want to give us our podcast a review that's nice too yeah because you know that, that that i mean reviewing really helps our visibility yeah um especially on things like itunes yeah that's that's a good place to do it and people do listen on itunes we know this hooray (laughs) so yeah until then see you later Bye. bye